You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Now, on today's show, I was joined by Jordan Grossman as we give you six free agent signs the Mets could make in honor of Black Friday at a discount this offseason. Also in the first segment, we talk about the latest two additions to the Mets 40-man roster as they signed Nick Plummer to a major league contract. This was the top minor league free agent on the board, so we'll get into what he could bring to the Mets. And we also talk about Antonio Santos, who the Mets claimed off of waivers from the Colorado Rockies. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter, at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets and about baseball at JustBaseball.com. Here's my conversation with Jordan Grossman for our Black Friday special edition. All right, so we have Jordan Grossman joining us again for a Friday episode, but this is not a farm report. It is Black Friday, so we're going to do some shopping around free agency. What Black Friday discount free agents could the Mets sign this offseason? That's what we're going to get into, but before we do, they already nabbed a couple. So let's talk about the latest signings. We got Nick Plummer and Antonio Santos. We'll start with Santos because I think we both like the Plummer signing a little bit more. Uh, you're talking about a live arm that you have a lot of control of. Uh, is that basically what we're talking about here? Because the numbers aren't that great overall. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that crazy about this pickup. Um, I mean, it could be decent depth in Syracuse. Um this yeah, the secondaries he doesn't have much control of. It's a live fastball, like you said, 97-98. Um, but yeah, he's not really a guy I expect to see get too much action um for the Mets next season. It's, it's mostly gonna be probably a triple A arm. What is interesting to me is I'm almost wondering if this is foreshadowing some cuts. Like maybe picking up a live arm like this means Gazelman's gonna get non-tendered, potentially Miguel Castro. Like maybe they want a more flexible arm with the options on their 40-man roster as opposed to some of the guys that are going to be free agents soon? I think Gazelman's definitely a candidate for a non-tender just because all the injuries over the years. I think he's had two lat injuries in the last three years, which isn't great. Um, I mean, I've always liked him. The the you know peripheral stats on him are always strong, but like the just the numbers they put down in the field and the, the amount of time he spends on the field just isn't great. And uh, I think he's due about two million, two two and a half million this year. I, I could definitely see the Mets going in the direction of just cutting weight, cutting ties. Yeah, and for any of you who want a full breakdown of the arbitration eligible players, if you go back through on YouTube or on your podcast feed, I did a whole episode breaking down the arb eligible players that could be cut. So you can check that out. Uh, let's talk about Plumber though, real quick before we get into our Black Friday deals. This is almost the exact type of signing you and me have been talking about. You know, dating back to the regular season, we've we've gone through talking about Jake Mangum and Khalil Lee. We just want the Mets to get young outfielders in here to compete for that fourth outfielder job, and that's exactly what this guy is, right? Exactly. You're not committing a bunch of money to someone like a Kevin Pillar 
for I think he got six and a half million after the after his buyout, which is just it just didn't make sense. You look up, he had like a six forty OPS here, that just doesn't do anything for you. You can get that from a minor league deal, from uh you know from from just a guy who's in the system. And I think I think Plummer is probably a better player than Pilar at this point. You know he's he made a legit swing change with the Cardinals this past year. Worked in their hitting lab, uh down in Florida and tapped into more power. Um, he's, he's got a really strong eye at the plate. I think he had a 455 on base percentage. Um, he, he can hit for average. He's, uh, you know, legit center fielder. The arm isn't really great, but he's, he, he's got good speed and he takes good routes in the balls. Um, and he's He was considered one of the top minor league free agents, uh, this year. It's a, pretty similar to the Sam McWilliams signing last year. Obviously that didn't pan out, but, uh, McWilliams was very raw. And I think, uh, Plummer is a little more polished at this stage in his career. And uh, he's definitely someone who I think, like you said, Lee, Mangum, they're all going to compete for that fourth outfielder spot in spring training. And it's it's a, it's a much better outcome than, than having someone like a Pilar or Almora. Yeah, and you can easily scoop up Juan Lagares or, or a player like a Juan Lagares on a minor league deal. You go into camp, you have the two kids who are still trying to make their way to the big leagues, competing with a vet. I think that'll just bring out the best in all of them. And I think you're going to get a much better result than a, like you said, spending all that money in Pilar or doing the complete worst thing, which is trading legitimate prospects to get Keon Broxton and Jake Marisnik. So I think this is a good move. Um, like you said, this was consensus around baseball, if not the top, one of the top minor league free agents out there. The Mets, like with Sam McWilliams, get them by giving them that major league deal, but they had that full control all those options. I think this is a good pickup. And you know what? If it doesn't result in anything like McWilliams, that didn't hurt the Mets last year either. You just cut them, DFA them. And, you know, when you have Steve Cohen's money, like that's, that is the least uh, of the expenses you'll have throughout the offseason in the season. So let's now talk about our Black Friday special, how we're going to do this. We're going to go back and forth. We're going to pitch each other different discount signs the Mets can make. We do not know what each other has right now. So there could be some overlap. If there is, we're going to have to make something up on the fly because you're my guest, Jordan. I will let you pick first, but I'm going to be really upset if you take my number one draft pick. I'm going to be a little bit hurt. So we'll see. Oh, oh man. What an honor. I won't let you down. Um, <laughs> so let's look here. Uh, who do I choose first? All right. So I'm going to go with an outfielder from San Diego, Tommy Pham. He is a free agent this offseason. Um, the numbers, you know, weren't that great this year. Hit 229. With a 340 on base percentage, uh, only 383 slugging, uh, 102 weighted runs created plus, and then the defense also struggled a little bit, minus five outs above average, and a minus four defensive run saved in left field. Um, this isn't somebody who is at the top of my list for in terms of outfield additions. I think if the Mets want to go for two outfields instead of one, like say they add a say a Suzuki or a Starling Marte, and they want to complement that instead of you know just throwing Jeff McNeil or JD Davis out there, they want to add another corner outfielder. Uh, I think Tommy Pham is a, is a really strong candidate just because when you look at his um, expected statistics from a uh, baseball savant, he had an expected slugging of 442 as opposed to the 383 number that I just mentioned, which was the actual outcome. Uh, that 0.059 difference was the 10th highest in baseball. Um, he's always had a really strong eye at the plate, 98th percentile chase rate, um, 95% walk rate. And then uh, he also hit the ball really hard this year, 84th percentile hard hit rate. Can still run pretty well, 70th percentile sprint speed. I think he had about 15 stolen bases uh, with San Diego this year. And I think something also people forget when looking at Pham, 
um, about a year ago, he got into an incident at a club in San Diego where he got stabbed in his back twice and uh, in October. And, he, you know, he still, I guess, you know, it takes time to recover from that. So his early season numbers probably struggled while he was, you know, adjusting to, you know, you know, he's lucky that he didn't get paralyzed from an injury like that. So you just, you just don't know how long it takes to fully recover. Um, so I think he'll have a good bounce back year next year. Um, probably won't cost too much, maybe like a one year, six, $7 million deal. I, I think it's really smart if they decide, like, you know, like I said, they don't want to go the McNeil or Davis route in left field and they, they decide they want to bring someone with a little more experience. Um, I think Tommy Fan would, be, would fit that role perfectly. Yeah, you know, I think I like that signing for sure. Uh, in one of the recent episodes I did doing under the radar signings, I did not mention Tommy Fan, but I was thinking about it for sure. I talked about Solaire, uh, McCutcheon, and Mark Canna. And I think Fam is a, a really good bounce back candidate. All those guys maybe had better years than Tommy Fam did, but uh, he also feels like a young 34. If that makes sense, right? Like I, I was shocked when I found out he was 34. I think he debuted around 25, 26, if I'm not mistaken. So it feels like he hasn't been around as long as as maybe he has, but he definitely has uh, some good baseball left. So I like that signing, but it was not on my list. So you did not take my guy, which is my first overall pick. I love the holiday season with all the good food and treats that are around. Dessert is always the best part of this time of year, but maybe you want to try dessert that's just not so full of calories and sugar, which is why this is the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious, but feel good about it because one slice of pie will run you upwards of 300 calories, whereas a Built Bar is only 130 calories with only four grams of sugar packed with plenty of protein, you can replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut built bar. Or go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. There are lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Built bars come low in calories, low in carbs, low in fat, but they are high in protein and covered in 100% chocolate. There's going to be new surprises all month at built.com. And today, there is a huge Black Friday special. So check it out right now at built.com for a ton of exciting offers. Go to built.com, use that promo code LOCK15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. know where i'm going you know where i'm going if you've been listening to this show for a while jonathan vr bring him home bring him home i got him coming in the back to the mets on a two-year 10 million dollar deal he got like 3.5 last year now second year i'm saying club option give him a little million dollar buyout on that club option so he's going to get six guaranteed uh you bring him back he's competing with robinson cano hopefully they ship jd davis out of here but if they don't I'll compete with all those guys over at third base. I think his his floor is pretty high. We saw this year. We know he can play in New York. I just think it is a a wise sign that's not going to cost too much. Would you be happy to see Jonathan VR back in a Mets uniform? I'd be happy if he was a bench player and not starting at third base again, getting 500 plate appearances. That's that's the real caveat for me. I just, you know, he's a nice player to have. I, I like what he did last year for the Mets. He was, you know, at one point, I remember he was, he had, I think, eight or nine straight consecutive hits. 
and he was just like just tearing the cover off the ball. Uh, he can go on some real hot streaks, but I just like I said, don't want him as a starter. I think if he's a guy who's getting 250, 300 plate appearances as your top bench bat, that that that's a really smart deal. And I could see someone like like you said, two years, 10 million, two years, 12 million, something like that. Yeah, I think the one thing I'll, I'll say about VR, uh, I, I agree. Like, I don't necessarily want to say every day starting third base, but I think the good thing about VR is if he has to be that due to injuries, I think you're okay. I want the Mets to really focus on their outfield this offseason, and I'm also assuming if they do retain Javi Baez, if that is the net result of the offseason where they get a Seiya Suzuki, they get a Starling Marte, they address that outfield pretty significantly, they have Baez, then I'm like, all right, if that is the weakest part of your starting lineup is Jonathan VR at third, I think the Mets could do a lot worse. So that was where I went with him. Let's get to your second pick. What is your second Black Friday signing you'd like the Mets to make? So I'm also, you, you went the Mets route. I'm also going to go the Mets route here. This is going to be a name that's going to surprise a lot of people. I'm going reliever Heath Hembry. Wow. I think he, I think he had a pretty strong year with the Mets he put you know he he came over in a trade uh, I think in late July he had a 3.45 ERA in 15 appearances um, and I want to mention something that really stood out to me when I was looking up his stats um, among all qualified pitchers he had the biggest difference between ERA and expected ERA so he had a 5.59 ERA last year between the Mets and Cincinnati and his expected ERA was 3.17. So that 2.42 difference, like I said, biggest in baseball. Um, had an expected slugging of 348, even though the actual outcome was 419. Um, and then Enio Saris, who um, he has, you know, he put out a stack called Stuff Plus that's used by Driveline Baseball. Uh, Henry has worked with Kyle Body, who was with the Reds, and to help develop a lot of their pitching. Uh, Stuff Plus focused on location and velocity and just a whole mix of, mix of things. It's kind of like WRC plus for pitchers. Um, and Heath Hembry among all free agent relievers, I think he's sixth or seventh on the list from what from what I saw. Um, yeah, just a really under the radar guy who I think you can get him for pretty cheap, you know, three or four million max. And uh, he, he could provide some real strong innings. I think he's a three, 3.5 ERA reliever over a full season. Um, he was striking out 13 batters per nine with the, Reds this past year, and he has put up, you know, 11, 12 Ks per nine in the past. So I think he's a guy you can slot him into a sixth, seventh inning role uh, pretty easily for for good money. I think the interesting thing is we've seen this offseason, the XFIP guys are getting paid. I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez, big difference. Andrew Heaney, big difference between the ERA and the XFIP. So it, the industry is definitely moving towards that direction of paying attention to XFIP. So it's going to be interesting what Hembry's market is. He was a pitcher that I just would forget was on the Mets. He would come in and you'd be like, oh, yeah, I forgot they picked up Hembry. And then you're like, oh, wow, he's actually pretty solid. So I do like Keith Hembry. I also think that, uh, you know, with Aaron Loop signing with the Angels, one of the things that I've mentioned is you want to find the next Loop, the next guy you can sign to a $3 million contract, which is basically the entire exercise we're doing here. Last year, Loop gets one year, $3 million, and obviously outperformed that and gets the $17 million from the Angels. You want to find those losers before you have to pay them like that. So I like that signing a lot. Uh, I'm going to go similar. I'm going to the bullpen. I'm also bringing back a former Met, uh, former guest on this podcast. I want Shreve back, Jason Shreve. Uh, I think that he could probably come back. If you give him a major league contract, that you have a great chance to bring him back because he's had to pitch on these minor league deals. 
time and again. So if you're talking maybe a $2 million contract with some incentives tied to innings pitched, I think you could probably get a deal done there. The thing I like about Sharif, so he pitched to a 3-2-0 ERA this year, uh, over 56 and a third with the uh, Pirates. Hard hit percentage, 94th percentile. He was at the 62nd uh, percentile or higher in all the expected metrics. And then the other thing that was interesting is you saw the walk rate and the K rate were pretty bad this year, as was the whiff rate. But with the Mets, that splitter was one of the best pitches in baseball in 2020. So I like bringing him back, having work with Hefner again. I think he can unlock a little bit more at that splitter. The splitter was still inducing soft contact. So I look at Jason Shreve as an interesting replacement for Aaron Loop. I don't know if he's going to be pitching to a 0.95 ERA, but I think he can give you a 3.5 ERA and you know pitch 50, 60 innings out of your bullpen. Man, shout, shout out to Baseball Savant providing us with all these uh, expected statistics. I think we're, we're a big part of that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with uh, Shreve. That would be a nice, smart pickup as a lefty specialist. Um, there's a couple other guys I'd probably have higher on the list. Uh, two A's probably. Um, Andrew Chafin and uh, Diekman with the Rays. I think those are two guys. But yeah, Shreve, I think if you can get him, like you said, on like a maybe a minimum deal, two or three million, um, he'd sign that pretty quickly. And and he provided a lot of value for the Mets in 2020. Um, just like you said, with that splitter, just constantly get, getting soft contact. Um, it, it, w- it would be a pretty smart pickup. I, I'd like to see him back here. I love it because I also have his contact information. I can get him back on the pod. So a little bit of bias. I'm not going to lie. I like Jason Shreve. He was a good dude. I enjoyed talking to him during the COVID shutdown when he came on the show. And uh, it'd be great to get him on YouTube this time. Bet Online is back and better than ever, now featuring a new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more props, odds, and lines available than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just by using our promo code Locked On From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And, uh, you know, just I, I wanted to comment on that whole Aaron Loop stuff because I saw people losing their minds about that whole situation. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's 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 tough to see him go. Um, but, you know, he's not going to replicate what he did last year. Relievers are extremely volatile, especially lefty specialists. Um, he's not going to pitch to a 0.95 ERA again. Um, he actually he had a huge difference between his ERA and expected ERA. I think his ERA, his expected ERA was in the low threes. So, you know, like I said, just he had a lot of the Mets defense helped him out a ton. Um, And he did. And that's not me discounting what he did last year. He had a great year last year. And, you know, one of the most memorable seasons by a Mets reliever probably since Addison Reed in 2016. Um, But, yeah, you know, you can find these guys for cheap two, three million. If Loop's getting seven and a half million dollars a year, that's not really something I'm too interested in. Um, So, yeah, that's that's something that I just wanted to get off my chest. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, look, speaking of guys who can pitch to low ERAs, I, I don't know if you saw my Colin McHugh stats today. <laughs> 1.55 ERA for Colin McHugh 
uh, with the Rays, because of course the Rays would, would be the one to scoop up McHugh and have him pitch to that low ERA. All right, we are on your last pick here. What do you got? What's the, what's the final signing you'd like to see the Mets make? All right, so I'm going to go into a little bit of enemy territory. Um, I know a lot of people don't don't like this team after what happened in 2006, but I'm going to steal a St. Louis Cardinal. Uh, I'm going to go with Matt Carpenter. Wow. Ooh, think, yeah. That's, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just, just my gut reaction. He looked pretty washed, but I, I want to hear your case for, for why Matt Carpenter would be so, a good fit. I'm going to go right back to baseball savant with the expected statistics. <laughs> okay. Um, so he had a 383, no, excuse me. He had a 275 slugging percentage this year, which is terrible. It's disgusting <laughs> to look at. You, it's not something you want to see out of any player, but he had an expected slugging of 427. And that 152 difference was the highest number in baseball. Um, now, the biggest issue with Carpenter is that his strikeout rate has gone up 2 or 3% every single year since 2017. So that's not something you want to see. The bat speed is kind of falling off. Um, but he still maintained a high, rock, a high walk rate. It's right, right around 14%, which is you know close to his career averages. Um, so he knows the strike zone very well. He can play a few positions, first base, second base, third base. Um, can probably DH a little bit if that rule comes into play next year, which I, I think most people think it will. Um, so yeah, I think he's a guy, probably a minor league deal, maybe even a, a veteran minimum deal for the, for if you were talking major league deal, um, could be a pretty smart pickup. I, I think he did hit into a bit of bad luck last year. And, uh, if he, if he's playing a bench role, like I said, just as a top utility guy, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I don't love it. Cause, uh, I, <laughs> how old is he? Did you say that? Uh, he's turning 36 on Friday. So happy early birthday. It's Matt Carpenter. <laughs> wow. Well, uh- today as people are listening or watching yeah i'm bashing the man on his on his 30 on his 36th birthday um you know i i look I, the one thing i'll say about matt carpenter is there is something to be said about a player that has been at the height of the sport and matt carpenter at one point i believe he was an all-star right at one point in time or at least played at that yeah. level so yeah he was he was a five-win player i think in 2018 there you go so okay and, and with that Maybe there's still a little bit left, a change of scenery, get him a new place, a new role. Uh, you know, there is something about being formerly the guy and being on that same team and not quite having it the same way and, and trying to deal with that role. So maybe he could adjust to a role in a Mets uniform. But, yeah, uh, like I said, this is it's not a guy I want getting 500 plate appearances. This is someone yes. 150 to 200, you know, maximum. He's just, he's just a utility guy off your bench. But uh, if we're talking, you know, Black Friday – that's Real true. value deals. I I think if you if you get him for that and you you know you can get maybe a a seven fifty close to eight hundred OPS out of a guy like that you know Brad Miller type of role it makes some sense. Well, we saw the value in that last year with guys like Jose Peraza and Brandon Jury to get major league players on minor league deals is great value, and and that certainly is something you'd be looking for on a Black Friday. Uh getting to my last pick, I was torn here because. Rich Hill's numbers were really good with the Mets, but I never trusted Rich Hill's numbers with the Mets. So I'm kind of going against numbers and just going for a fresh face. And I'm going to pick Tyler Anderson. Um, now, Tyler Anderson had a decent year. Uh, he didn't look that great after he got traded from the Pirates to the Mariners. Overall, you look at his career numbers. Not as good as Alex Wood. Alex Wood just signed a two-year, $10 million deal uh, with the Giants. 
So he's not going to get anywhere close to that. I'm thinking one for four maybe gets you Tyler Anderson. And the only thing I'll say about Tyler Anderson, it's very similar to Steven Massage's son. Matt's a better pitcher, but at least he's a major league starter, you know, and there's value in having an Anderson instead of an Eikhoff. So I'm not looking at Tyler Anderson as a clear cut pitcher that that's going to fix the Mets rotation. But if we're talking about someone that can get signed to a relatively cheap contract that can compete for that fifth starter job, I like Tyler Anderson as a potential signing. Yeah, I, I think Tyler Anderson provided two of the more memorable moments in uh, baseball last year. One was when he was a Philadelphia Philly for about 30 minutes when that whole those all those trade rumors went down. That. And then all of a sudden he was in the Pirates bullpen throwing and everyone's going, why is this guy still at PNC Park? And it turns out he was actually going to be traded to the Mariners because the deal fell apart. And then during that last seven, 10 day stretch of the season, when the Mariners decided to become the best team in baseball and make a real push for a four way tie in the wild card. Um, Tyler Anderson pitched that last game of the season and just got absolutely destroyed by the angels. Um, so he definitely has some entertainment value. I'll, I'll give him that. Um, but yeah, if you, if like, like you said, you know, it's the same thing with Carpenter. These guys aren't going to make a ton of money. It's three, $4 million, maybe even a minimum deal. Um, I think it makes sense that, you know, as a depth guy, um, we saw the Mets, I've talked about it a million times, how much the depth hurt them last year, just getting someone like an Eikhoff. I'm sorry, Jared Eikhoff, for calling you out so many times, but just having a guy like that, you know, pitch. You can't be worse five, to him than games. I was. You can't be worse. <laughs> if people want to go back and laugh at a podcast, I don't even remember when it was. Look up Jared Eikhoff's start against the Reds, I want to say, where he, and this is so unfair to him because he did the Mets a favor. He was like, he was DFA, he was, he basically came back and just wore one for the Mets, and it was awful. And I ripped into him in the podcast. I feel a little bad. Is that the game where it was like 15 11 in extra innings and Pilar hit that grand slam? Or am I thinking about a different game? I was at that game. Um, yes, this is, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that is the game. I, I was, I, I, Jared, because I, I was expecting Jacob DeGrom to pitch, and it was Jared Eikoff. And so I witnessed it in person, and that that led me to be even uh, more more frustrated. Also, I sat through like an excruciating extra innings game. That luckily the Mets eventually won, but I, I, no one left that ballpark as a winner. It was horrible baseball. So uh, I'm sorry, Jared. I, I hope you pitch better this year, just not in a Mets uniform. Exactly, and uh, Tyler. So yeah, just the, you know, the depth hurt them last year a lot, and I think Tyler just could make some sense as a guy who's you know a sixth, seventh arm, maybe get some time in Syracuse with a bullpen if he has to. Um, but yeah, you know, you always need lefties, um, whether it's in the rotation or in the bullpen. So I, th- I think it'd be a smart pickup. So I, I one thing I want to close with, just because I haven't really addressed it yet, I posted something the other day that's kind of ton of comments. Just looking at a projected, if the Mets, this is before Mats had signed, if the Mets had signed Steven Mats and Marcus Stroman. And the reaction from fans was cracking me up because we got to be a little more realistic. Uh, the Mets are not going to sign Marcus Stroman, Kevin Gosman, and Robbie Ray. It's just not going to happen. And the one thing I want to say, when it comes to looking at the Mets' needs this offseason, their starting rotation last year had the eighth-best ERA in baseball. It's a problem, but I think that problem is getting a little bit overblown. I think they had to add depth. I think they had to replace Marcus Roman either by resigning him or getting someone else close to him. But I don't think it is as glaring of a hole as people are making out to be. I have a lot higher expectations of Carlos Carrasco 
um, than it seems like Mets fans have as well. Ryan, this is what happens when you go from Fred Wilpon to Steve Cohen, a guy with maybe a $500 million net worth to a $15 billion net worth. You know, people are expecting 26 all-stars on the roster. And it's like you said, it's, it's just unrealistic. People have to lower their expectations for what's going to happen this offseason. I mean, he signed Francisco Lindor for $340 million last year. And, and, you know, it doesn't really matter what you think of the deal so far. You know, he still gave that money to a superstar in his prime. And it just, people just have to be patient. I know they want to see some action in the offseason, especially now with the CBA lockout likely coming in the next week or so. So it, it's difficult, but I, I understand why fans are frustrated, but they have to practice a little bit of patience and understand that this is a process. You know, you see guys like, Plumber and uh, Santos, like we talked about, though every team makes those kind of acquisitions, no matter how rich they are. Um, and, and yeah, like you said, Carrasco, he's going to have a better year. He, you know, kind of struggled with the hamstring and just didn't have a normal season. So yeah, it, it's it's it, it's a process, but I think in the end it'll work out. I do too. So that this was our Friday, not farm report, but a Friday episode of Jordan Grossman. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at MetsFans since '02. You can find his Facebook page, We Are Mets Believers, and find the work he's doing on social media with Josh Finkelstein at Locked on Mets. Thank you, as always, for joining me, Jordan. Pleasure, as always. That's going to be all for today's edition of Locked on Mets. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show, at Locked on Mets. Thank you for making Locked on Mets your first listen every day. Now for your second listen. Check out Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Locked On Bets is where you should go for your daily gambling needs. Check out Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts.